Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Slay, today we're joined Glenn's Vodka League 2 manager one for November, Kevin Johnson! What a legend! What a hero, man. Piece of piss this management game, Tom, wasn't it? Second, second I, award already. I can't believe we've just went for having a sophisticated sort of film. <laughs> what a chat it was as well, wasn't it? By the way, how, how calm you were, and then all of a sudden you've just went... <laughs> That's when the magic happens, yeah. You've just, just come alive, man. Um, well, I did hear your award, but where is it you've put it? Dick Cam won it, he stole it, didn't he? Dick came in running and he stole the water, really, didn't he? Dick have got a wee bit of previous, eh? Ah, he's noticed that. You need to get the boxing gloves on one day, eh? What? So what happened to that? Ah, he's, just, he's obviously won this as well. This is your utmost respect for Dick, um, and really enjoy all this who you did an interview with him. He's, uh, he's a character, isn't he? But the legend, aye. We felt a wee bit hard done by as you do when you get beat. Obviously a massive game for the club, so... A few of the things he said on the sideline, got me a wee bit irate and I had a wee bite back, but listen, it's, it's all part and parcel of the game, isn't it? I'm a wee bit surprised you're actually alright with him. Did you know? Was he, he gave me a bit. Was he gave me a bit as well? Was no. It? Well, the thing was, he, ne- he started management brilliant, but he nearly made an asset straight away by <laughs> <He> signing me. <laughs> Tomo, what were you thinking? <laughs> Listen, it's uh, I don't want to make him blush on on camera, but he knows no, how much he knows how much I think I'm Slaney, oh, and he's he's um, obviously first job you want people that you can trust. One, I knew he was good enough to play in League Two as well, and I knew he would, he would. I think not so much under my management, but part of my team, I knew. The type of boy he was, he would want to impress me, and he wanted to do well. And I know that he's got the talent to do really well in me too. So, even though there wasn't that much media, when obviously me and Jordy were starting to think about putting staff together, we wanted somebody to potentially play and be part of our team. And and even though we're no best buds, he knows how much I think of him. Mm-hmm. So he, he was definitely part of our thoughts. I think he's just trying to take care. And he just tossed me off, so he's no welcome back. <laughs> <laughs> but mate, how come it's been so easy for you? No, not it's, so easy. It's not been but easy, mate, you've yeah. only lost one game. Did you expect it to, to go as well as it has? Listen, I'm, I'm not. Over? Well, listen, I believe in myself. Yeah. You know, um, we have a way of playing. I've, I've always said that when I get an opportunity, I'd want to. You know what motivates me, size? But in in Scottish footy, I think in general people want to see you fail. Mm-hmm. So it motivates me to want to go and put on a good team to try and play in a way to to back that up with the way the boys train, the way the they get treated here the way we respect them as staff um, and and ultimately listen it's a small world and it's where you if you want to try and get to the top in Scotland players talk um, so when I got that opportunity the one bit that's always stuck with me was that Tom will see when you become a manager go and do what you've done as a player the way you were as a captain the way you were as a teammate and I've, I've tried to be a bit like that as a manager listen you can't be pals with the players that's that's paramount but at the same time I think you can have a great relationship with them and I'd like to think that the, the people skills that I've got and the way I treat people and the way I live my life, how humble I am, I think that that the players really respect that. Mm. See, that time, how did you know though it was the right time to go into management? Like, you're obviously at Rangers, but what made you think, I'm actually going to take that next step now? I'm not so sure there is a right, right time, Slaney, to be honest. I, I think I got to the, the, the stage where I need that competitive bit and I was getting a wee bit, so I, was, I felt a wee bit unlucky taking the B team because of... The COVID circumstances and the bubbles and, and some players being off, some players being on loan. The games programme wasn't the way the games programme would have been for Marty and Peter. They had a great games programme and they were they were really aligned to the first team. So I actually got a wee bit unlucky when I actually got that role, even though I got great access to the first team. 
the games programme wasn't quite as competitive and, and, and then they were just like friendlies just to get first team players minutes etc yeah. and I really missed the buzz they playing for three points mm. um, so that was always my path it was always my thought to, to start to learn to to know my trade, to know what I was good at. And listen, it might have been that I was really just good on the grass and, and a really good number two or a really good coach. And I would have tried to be the best I could at that. I've always felt that being a manager and, and being a leader is, is something that's really natural for me. Um, and in academy footy, you cannot really be a manager, really. Um, so I felt like that day was going to come. Did I predict it happening at Kelty or, or in League Two? No, you just, sometimes your gut has to tell you and you t it's like being a player in it when you move to a different club, etc. And it just felt right. And when I spoke to as many people as I did, the manager, the board, etc., etc., I just felt that, that the opportunity was was it just felt right. So what was it? Just a phone call one day, Tom? Obviously, you had a great job at Rangers. I, Dean, Dean picked up the phone. He asked permission to, to speak. Craig Mahon phoned me. I said that they'd had uh, um, obviously Dean on the phone for Kelly Hearts, and they obviously wanted to speak to us. So I phoned Dean. We'd, we had a Zoom call with, the, with the, at the time, obviously with COVID, with a Zoom call with the committee. Um, and Andrew Barrowman had obviously just been not officially appointed as sporting director, but I but must have put you off a wee bit the fact that Barrowman. <laughs> but to be fair, Barrowman's Barra been great for us, to be fair. He's disappeared because he knows I'm probably going to stop. He's really wonder the size of his phone, isn't he? He's had a very good time. We told him all as well, didn't we? He's back getting fit, mate. I think he wants to get it. When did you start, man? Are you joining us? Nobody got anything else at that table at Christmas dinner. <laughs> Just pick the table up, didn't you? Right in the coast. He's a lovely, lovely guy. Don't want to take. Listen, he had a good career, so I, I, I think he had a what? He had a good career. <laughs> He had a good career. Uh, he's he scored goals, mate. I actually played. I actually played twenty one for Barra. Eh? So we'll a long like time. So we, um, I think that without sounding like cliche, you, you need. I think when you get a job, especially for us in Scottish footy, like it's we've all got one aim to try and get to the top. If you want to be a manager, that's like people that have been there, tried and tested. Everybody wants a crack at the top. So I think when you do take that opportunity, you you need things in the right place. And and for me to get the backing that I've got, I'm not naive. We've got a good budget. We've got good players. We've we've been greatly appreciated by the club, but at the same time we, we have a style, we have a way of playing, we we've had to win games. It's listen, budget wise you nothing. Yeah. As obviously you can know, you can go around all the all the teams, I won't name them, but there's 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 plenty of other teams that have failed. So on the start, but we're, we're delighted with what we're doing. Tom, see you mentioned style there, right? I know if I if I, if I had a, a style. You've got absolutely none of it. But Tom, if I go into the team right and my, my first meeting is then my message is to them, we are playing out no matter what. We get beat two games in a row, we're punting it long the next game. Will, will you stand by your guns and want to play it all the time? Have you got, oh, he has uh, got a gun, he's a shooter. Good question. <laughs> hey, good that's question. How that's how I just dropped that in well. Listen, I, I'll so not change, yeah, yeah. change for anyone, Slaney. Yeah. But oh, what, 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 one thing I will say is you do need to adapt. You do need to adapt. We'll not adapt at Kelly, but let's just say, and I'm just using it as, a, as an expression, let's say I then went and got a job that were sitting at the bottom of the league and they didn't have the players capability passing out through the back. You, I think you need to be cute. I don't think you can change what you believe in because you believe in what you believe in. But at the same time, I think you need to adapt. Listen, we've got good players. We, we've signed players to play the way we want to play. You might go and inherit a team that didn't have the players that can play that way. You can coach it and you can train it and you can you can stick to your principles. But I, I think you need to be willing to adapt to the level of player that you've got. I'm lucky that we've signed the players that we wanted to play in a certain system. We were well back to do that. If I was to get longevity in any job, I would always try and play. Mm. I believe in playing. But... Short term in Scottish foot, Scottish foot. If you got a team that were fighting for relegation and they were at the bottom of the league and they weren't capable of playing out and they were getting beat every week and conceding five or six goals, I'm not so sure playing out for the back would be that clever. If you know. But it's also hard when these players have played a certain way their full careers. You get guys at 31, 32, and you talk about coaching people. See if you're getting them Monday to Friday, you could maybe. But you're yeah. getting what you're getting nah, the boys for get, three years. I mean, we, that's we, what nah, I find the, the, the difficult we part of part time coaching. All the time to, to, to big Doogie Holes and Jordan Foster. I actually just say that to Jordan just. Couple of weeks ago, um, we we love te technical stuff, as you know. Yeah. So we do loads of technical stuff, whether it's passing stuff, whether it's technique. And I'll always have a laugh and a joke with the boys and say to big boys like Dougie Hill and, and Jordan Foster. Right feet. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> no. Sorry, Dougie. I'll, I'll always say to the big man that they probably touched the ball, in my opinion, more in the last six months the way we train than they probably had done for the last ten years. And mm. listen, it's it's just a bit of banter, but I genuinely believe. Um, Doogie Hill at 36 who if somebody was to profile Big Doogie they think he's just this big lad that heads it and kicks it by the way he's been unbelievable mm. for us and he can play the big man um, he can play but like you say setting his ways for that long where he gets on his left peg and he wants to play that longer pass so like I say to Doogie you want to play my team you need to pass you need to pass I couldn't care if you make a mistake we'll practice it Tuesday, Thursday and you'll get better at it 
and without sounding like we, we know what we're talking about, but we practice what we preach on a Saturday. Mm. That's how we play. So I've got no problems with Doogie every now and again flicking it down the channel because it might be on it flick it down the channel for faster on. But at the same time, if I think you can pass it, you know what I'm like, it. I want to pass it. Can I ask you both something here? Remember Andy said that he thought he was going to be a manager when he was, what, 12 year old? Mm-hmm. What age were you, both of you when you thought? You were 11, weren't you? <laughs> You want to go one more <laughs> Can you remember a time you came The day before my 12th birthday. <laughs> <laughs> See, when I signed my first five-year deal at Hibs, I sat opposite the table with Rod Peary arguing over a pound. He, he wanted to give me a deal, extra 50 pence, uh, and, and I, I wanted a pound. And um, I'd say to Mr. Mr. P, who I've got utmost respect for, I'd say, listen, I, I will be back here one day to be the manager. I, I'd always heard a feeling as a player. And listen, by the way, at 19, you didn't know you're going to go and play for Rangers and Middlesbrough, where you're going to end up. But we, I just wanted to sign my five-year deal and I wanted to play footy. Money was, was irrelevant to me when I was a kid. I just wanted to play and I wanted to play for Hibs and that was my dream and, and I was enjoying the limelight that the, that young kind of cluster of players were getting. But I always felt that I was going to be a manager one day. Mm. So I'm not so sure at 19, 18, whatever it but was. Did you but did you look at the game... Tactically, even at that age? No, no, no one thing I would say, size. I was a tactical player. So as you played with me, I yeah. fought the game in my head there, like, yeah. like what was going to happen next? Whereas Bruni was more like a reactive space. player, you were more a tactical listen, Bruni, player. Listen, yeah. unbelievable player, yeah. brilliant career, but like, I'll, listen, I don't want to sound like I'm, like, the violin's coming out, but I felt as well underachieved for the ability that I had through bad, a bit of bad luck, bad timing, the injuries that I had, critical times as well, you know, doing my cruise at 19 when I was, when I was flying, Push it at Rangers when I was flying, break my leg at Middlesbrough when I was flying. Do you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I just felt like a wee bit hard done by. But listen, but no regrets in my career. But the bit is, I feel as though I'm going to get the bit, of, I believe I'm going to get the bit of luck now as a manager or a coach. But see, on that side, mm-hmm. obviously, as for your careers and stuff, like, we never really had that either. Was managers didn't really coach? No. Were it? No. It's probably possession, games, game in a week. But you never ever thought of the game in that way. So maybe we've actually been a wee bit unlucky. With, New guys are going to learn for yourself, for yourself growing up now. Do you know what yeah. I mean? I was not really. Th- th- no, but I think you're right. But but I think you had Moga who uh, was probably before his time in terms oh, of. I think yeah, Moga yeah. was a tactical so, coach. But, wasn't see, it? but see, the thing I would say, sir, is see, no matter how much you're student at the game you are or how much you watch footy, I'm not obsessed with footy. Like I don't know. No, I'm not upset. No, no, I'm not because I can get in the house and I'm tired on a on a Friday and I've been at my academy all day and there's a game on the telly on Friday night. I don't bother watching it. Yeah. No, not all the time. No. If I want, to, I'm not going to watch whatever I watch on the telly. I tell you because you're slaughtering me. But if I want to chill, station and, in it. Station in it. <laughs> my wife, it, my wife's going to need to watch this. The, uh, um, done. The, Stop uh, speaking about me for that night. I said, no, no, no. <laughs> I did tell her I was doing open goal, and she said, "No, they too mad." <laughs> um, but I, I'm obsessed. I, I, I live at 24. I, I need to live, Saya. So I, my kids are footy players. Yeah, I've got my academy. I do the media, obviously. So like, I my, my life looks like I'm I'm 24 seven seven days a week. I, I, tr- I try and no become too obsessed with it where it becomes like I'm not scared of failure mm. I couldn't care about failing me if I fail I fail but I'll fail doing it my way right, and I'll do what I believe in um, so it, yeah. <laughs> but listen I, I, I see the manager obviously who I've got that most respect for it, and he obviously didn't commute because he had the flat and they won a title and they played great football and he had an unbelievable record he's now got a massive job in England Gerard, Gerard, yeah. he, he used to jump in the car and go down the road because family's important eh? yeah. he probably went down the road and watched the game on the telly at night time but I'm not so sure you need to be in at 6 o'clock in the morning mm-hmm. and leave at 12 o'clock at night and sit in the office watching Coronation Street and think that you're doing Daniel your job and somebody else I graft like you wouldn't believe yeah. the detail that I try and give to the players and, and how much I love footy is I'll never be marred by anyone but at the same time I'm not obsessed mm. you watch every game on the telly did you see Gerard and Bill a lot? Aye, aye. So we, that was that was the not the only thing. Listen, I, everybody knows I love the club and, and working there and representing it. And I'd like to think I'll always be a good ambassador for the club. But listen, I, I want to be the Rangers manager one day. That's my goal. You know what I mean? I want I want to try and get to the top. Wherever people see that, listen, different fans see different teams as being the best. I understand that, but at the same time, I, I was the same as a player. I want to be the best I can go, I can be. And if that goes from here to there to there to there to get to wherever I get or I fail, I'm no bother. I'm not scared to say that I want to be someone. Um, the best part for me was that I still got a relationship with the manager, so I, I take a lot of confidence in that. The yeah. fact that if I was to message him, didn't you? and if I was to message him, say he would message me back. Do you know what I mean? So if I was to drop my text message now to say that I need a bit of advice, or could I come down, or could I come round, or his door was always open for me. And listen, by the way, it was for everybody, mm. but he took no fools. And if he thought you were a fool, the door would be shut. But for me, I took a lot of 
positives and a lot of confidence as an individual, as a young coach, that he would go his way to help me. To, to help me. He was very actually similar. The the started to be the youth. And then obviously into management, mm. on it very similar ah, stages in your actual think, manager career. I'd like to think I've got a, everybody knows I've got a wee nasty streak and I've got a wee bit about me when I crack. That's why I'll tell you. Mm. Are I you scared him? <laughs> tell him. Mm. You shout at me? Nah, you passed Just at like me, disappointed yeah. in you at the time. No, it's a bad thing. Did you ever play alongside him? I used to pop it all the time, mate. Did you just play to him? Zico could have put us in the same team in training, that was it. Remember Budapest? Oh, we kept it off and for fun, didn't we? I was, but I was hopeless on the actual pitch. Trainer was brilliant then on the actual pitch. Nah, I you me. Didn't you say a disservice? Mm, just, thanks, mate. That, that, to be fair, like, I, I, I love my time at Dundee. And it was, it was the boy, we had a great change room, didn't we? Yeah. The boys were great. Only for the first season. The wheels I left come, after the, it. The wheels come off a wee bit, I and thought, I for the second season. But the, the camaraderie and the boys and, and all the different personalities that, that Zico had signed, it was, it was good. And we had, we landed on, when you think of Bainey going on and having the career that he had and Greg, and Greg Stewart, Stewart's yeah. and that, do you know what I mean? Like His signings were, even Paul McGinn, do you know what I mean? Like The, the, the signings were were really really good and, and that was a great lesson was it good it was, it was good that. even like when, when um, um, Kevin McBride and all that were there uh, Barra, I mean like Barra and etc it was, like, it was a good change in the mood see just uh, on Gerard and Bill because obviously I watched your team 4-3-3 shuffle across so how much slide. but how much an influence in terms of coaching have they had on you Hi, probably I think the, the biggest bit is players playing closer together Sai, I would say um, and I got lucky a wee bit because the last role that I had at Rangers through COVID, the boys went out alone, as you know. Um, like some of them went to Clyde weekends, Ben obviously went up to Arbor. So I was tasked with watching a game at the weekend, sometimes two games a week. So it gave me a wee insight into oh, Championship, yeah. League Two and League One um, through actual my job, rather than obviously jumping in the car and going watching games. You know, it's like when you're full time, you get less time. Plus, if you've got games on Saturday, it's hard to watch anyone else. Um, but the biggest thing I would get for the manager where I've tried to implement into the team that I've got is, is playing closer together. And I don't mean that like when we've got the ball, we spread out. I mean like when we've not got the ball. No gaps. No gaps. Um, so we like, our fundamentals here is everybody, everything goes on outside of us. We slide, we shuffle, we, whatever terminology you want to use and we try and play as a team. It pains me when I see a front three attacking and another seven standing and a half mm. scratching the arse. So we've, we've, we've felt if we could get the team to play as a team and everybody move together, it might sound quite simple, but we doesn't feel as though... No, it doesn't mm-hmm. happen. You know, a lot of times you watch the game and some teams will attack with three and four mm-hmm. and the other six are back the pitch. So uh, when I looked at trying to put an attacking team, we, we want to attack with five or six players. Because nine times out of ten, when five or six players will attack, we're probably attacking against the back nine. Because mm. teams sitting against you. teams sitting in, yeah. do you know what I mean? So they might have one up front, do you know what I mean? Their goal is... So we do a lot of stuff where like trying to score a goal um, against like a packed defence. Do you know what I mean? Like, how, how can Joes and Callums, the, the clever players, get their yards? But no, the yards 1v1. Sometimes the yards have to get away for two or three players because that's mm-hmm. what it looks like on a Saturday. So I, st- I stole wee bits, mate, but at the same time, I, I still remember the manager doing his first interview when he went down there and he got asked that question, like Benitez and, and Brendan Rogers, etc., etc., etc. And he went, like, I've took wee bits off everybody, but I want to be my, but I want to do it my way. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? So I feel as though the way we train, Slane, even though we steal wee drills, like size obviously stealing them off your tits. <laughs> we, um, we, we, we make up a lot of our stuff ourselves, eh? And sometimes I just like, don't meditate, but like I just kind of sit and think that like I want it to look like this tonight. And then we try and come up with drills with how it looks. So if we're playing against, I'm just throwing it out there, like an Albion Rovers and we think, or let's use Cowden Beef because they were probably the most negative when we played them. If we thought that they were going to be that negative or maybe bang it along in playoff seconds, we would try and train like that. Mm. But with the ball, we would try and break doing a packed defence. And then if we thought that they were quite quite clever and bang it long and chase it and pick up second balls, and we would try and simulate that on a, on a Tuesday and a Thursday. But you said as well, I asked you off camera, how hard is that at part-time level when you've some days only got 14, 12, 13 players? Just talk, like, we, coming up with different ideas. And, so we, and as well, sorry, Tom, I know it's his interview, actually, but I feel terrible <laughs> done that. See as well, if you're, if you're working all day, it also has to be fun and, in the right way. You bang on me, and that's yeah. that's that's probably the thin line between um, where where. Listen, I don't want a full time job tomorrow, but if I was to get full time, you've got a wee bit more time. You, you can you have breakfast with the players, you have lunch with mm-hmm. the players, you can take side out in the afternoon and work on something or whatever. You can maybe take like the back four and, and go and steal three or four of the young kids or whatever and, and simulate some different yeah. stuff. Whereas we have to be mindful that the boys, like you say, bang on. Like the, paramount for us when we got the job, get them fit, get them organised and make them enjoy training. 
make them want to come on a Tuesday and a Thursday. Mm -hmm. So our numbers have been meticulous. The boys, the the, the, the credit to them. And, and Tids is massive for that. We've landed on our feet with Tids. The captain. The captain. Just how he marshals the players, how he demands off them, how he trains. And everybody else, and by the way, we've got loads of good players, but everybody else feeds off that. So he's almost done a part of my job for me. I'm no naive to that. If I never had a good captain and I hadn't inherited a bad changing room, it's different, eh? But we've, we've been lucky so far, so I'm, I'm no naive. But I'd like to think there's a part of that that, that we've done all right as well, eh? mm. Is there any managers, Tom, that you played under that you've picked up the phone and for a wee bit of advice? And... Aye, well, no sense I've took the job, Slaney. Um, just because I feel as though I'd, I'd learned quite a lot before I got this job, because I hadn't just finished playing and went straight in and feel like I'm, like, hanging myself a wee bit. I'd done five years in my own academy, three and a bit years in at Rangers and, and spent a lot of time learning, so I felt like I was ready for it. And then, and also the managers that I've obviously played under, know that many of them have been in League Two. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? Or so, coach part-time. Or coach part-time, mate. So, like, Amorga, for instance, like, I picked up the phone to Tony when I was going for the Pedro Cuxinha job. I didn't want to phone Walter at the time because I felt Barry was in for it as well and I didn't want to put Walter in a sticky position where he, right. I'm asking for advice, he's maybe giving Barry advice. So I asked Tony for advice. And see, when I phoned Tony Mowbray for advice, he always said to me, sell yourself. They sell words. Mm -hmm. They sell football. Or like they sell flashing. four free free. Sell yourself. Yeah. Sell, sell you as a person. Speak the way you speak and people think you understand the game. They speak in a way that you didn't understand. So, so then I'll use like PowerPoints. Nah, nah, so I didn't present yeah. So we hardly do any analysis here. Any analysis. We feel as though we're the best team. We feel as though we've got the best players. We want to play in a certain way. Um, we give every team the utmost respect. Utmost respect. But we, I didn't throw... I didn't waste three hours on analysis when the boys have been at work all day mm -hmm. looking at too much detail because players switch off. If I got full time, would that change a week? Of course it would. You've got more time. But I didn't see analysis being that important for part-time players when they're grafting all day and they want to come in untouchable. Mm. Is he going to turn up, would he? Is yeah. he just going to do that? No. See, when you talk about Walter, what, what bits of him have you taken? Humble and respectful, mate. You said that you always... Hum humble and respectful. Like, I try and just be me, si, and like I try and know... I'm not off the cuff. I always think about my team talks, I always think about training, I always meticulously planned, but I try and treat everybody with respect, whether you're playing in the team or not playing in the team. I think that's important. And I'd like to think if you went and asked the 20 lads that are next door sitting in the changing room, and listen, there will be one or two that didn't like us, but I'm not so sure they'll not like us because training's not been good or I've not treated them well. They might just not be happy because they're not playing. playing. And that's one thing, you, you, as a manager, you can't get away from that. Mm -hmm. But one thing I would say is, whether it's a Cammy Russell that's left to go to Spartans, okay, he didn't want to leave Cammy. He loved training, he wasn't really getting a game in the team, and we've had other players that have moved on or whatever. So we take great credit and pleasure out of like, players enjoying what we do. And is Walter like that, Tomo? What? I've never seen anyone. So I've, I've said this before, I actually might have said it to you, See, when I first, first joined there in January, they inherited Paul Gwen and he changed the squad around, signed Big Hugo. Um, signed Davy Weir obviously I was the first money signing and he obviously signed and signed and signed and he, ch he changed back to in my opinion a more of a British kind of based team played with obviously four centre-backs didn't he mm -hmm. Sasha Papach and obviously Kurt Broadfoot at the time before obviously Alan played Cotton played with six played with <laughs> sometimes Big Jagger will not be happy <laughs> um, but he, he changed it in my opinion quite Britishy um, obviously I come in for for a Jeremy Clement we sold Jeremy Clement obviously back to I think France somewhere Leon maybe um, I've said this before there was you genuinely would have thought there was two teams at Murray Park. There was that many players. Sebos, Yonkos, Thomas Buffels, like the millions of players. Dado Puzzle coming to the end, still had Stefan Kloss, etc., etc. And Walter was obviously turning the squadron. Listen, I might be wrong because somebody might quote me on it. I hardly seen any unhappy players. And some people might say, oh, well, they're getting paid loads of money. They weren't. Because mm. see, players, when you get to Rangers, you want to play. You're not happy when you're not playing. But he had a way and an aura that whether you're playing in the team or not playing in the team, you respected the building you respected your teammates, and you respected the club. Um, and I'm not so sure that many managers could get that yeah. the way Walter did. Because Sebos, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, wouldn't they play and maybe would be, no shunted to the side, they would still get the same provision as everybody else, but we sometimes train like 20 here and 20 there, or 18 here and 18 there, and then like you get to a game on a Saturday, and there was a period where I reckon Rangers could have picked 11 that wasn't even in the squad. They were out with the 18-man squad, that could have probably been quite competitive in the Premier League. So to me, it's always stuck with me how, as a man, how he managed to create something like that. Brilliant. What a legend. Sorry, I'm scared to ask that question. <laughs> what, about the what about the best memories, I'm told? Oh, that, that. Well, you said you got the hair dryer, why didn't you? 
Do you want to find oh, out about it? Ah, I got bad one, aye. Does he, aye? Kevin Smith. Kevin Smith, aye. Amazing. And it's, I took it as a compliment afterwards, but <laughs> while it happened, I didn't take it. How scary is it when it's happening? Ah, it was scary. Aye. Kevin Smith's changing room is probably, obviously with Cameron, I'll see Paul in the background there, but probably for Paul across the social club, probably this size, maybe even a wee bit smaller. And it was, um, the chairs were like the normal chairs that you get in a social club. And obviously your Jimmy would have your, you'd have to hang your tracksuit over, so we're all touch tighty. Your boots would be underneath, except I know like what it's like at Ibox, obviously. And they were basically touch tight. And I, I didn't realise I was, I was doing it, but through the game, I was playing the middle of the pitch with Christian Daly and he kept on getting the ball away and I was getting a bit frustrated. And I was, when he was getting the ball away, I must've been going like that. And that was it. So when we come in, obviously, at the end to, to get knocked out of Europe. And I'd actually scored in the game. We got beat 2-1. And um, he just fucking erupted there. So, so did he come in and just go straight, straight for you? Me, did you have a feeling he was going to do it? Nah. Because no. you thought he'd scored, I'd done all right. I thought, I, I thought I'd done all right. Christian's getting it here. He gave, nah, the, he gave it to me. Well, Christian actually controlled the ball at the sky late on. Inside his fit and put it out for a corner. And the corner come in and he scored off it. Um, so I'm thinking... He's not throwing Christian under the bus, but <laughs> didn't think he was coming for me. Like, um, and he just, oh, I could smell his breath right in, right in my face. He was, he booted the, I'm sure he kicked the teapot. Surely McCulloch's spoke about it before. Um, and Jimmy used to obviously always know when he was raging. Um, so he tried to always move stuff. But I think he got time to move it this time. He kicked the teapot and all the milk and everything went over. And he, surely he might have called me a C-U-M-T. Right in my face, eh? fuck do you think you are? Um, but to be fair, like that was the difference between Walter. It must have been a midweek game because it was obviously a European qualifier. I think we played Hearts on the Saturday. We ended up signing Mendes just after it. And I played against Hearts. And obviously the Hearts game, great start. You're now thinking, oh, that's a tough game now, the yeah. Hearts game. Do you know what I mean? After getting beat off yeah. Kaunas, we were UEFA Cup final six, seven weeks ago. We were all heroes. And now all of a sudden, bump back down to earth. Um, but see, by the time I got to the Hearts game, I felt 18 fit too. Well, because the, the way you treated you the next couple of days. Yeah, so after sorry. calling you that, the next day it'd have been. Yeah, and that's the the man of management bit that Walter was meticulous with. He like he would knew he, he would knew that I could handle that, um, and didn't even get me wrong. Nay player wants it, do you? But he he knew that I would rise to the challenge if he gave me a bit. Same as like if he left me, he knew that I'd chap his door Monday morning and say I want to play in the team. And there's other players that no because they're no brilliant players, you need to treat them differently. Mm. Um, and that's what Walter was 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 brilliant. Uh, Wow. Would you say anything about him? No. Shut my pants. Ah, you wouldn't. Did anyone ever know? Nah, you wouldn't do it. Never. Listen, I still remember Barry Stuttgart. You've done, right, Barry's obviously been on this. I don't know if Barry's ever said that because it was obviously at Barry. We were, um, I remember Barry coming in at Stuttgart at halftime, Champions League game. First time I played in the Champions League, we beat Stuttgart 2 1. Darshaw scored penalty. Charlie Adams scored cut in with his right foot. I don't know if you remember the game. Um, and uh, Barry coming at halftime, and I, I don't know what Baz was moaning at, but. He had said something along the lines of like, come on, you need, we need to get up a wee bit and get the crowd going or something. And that was spot hot. Oh, there. You fucking manager. Booted the board and that end. Fucking right up. Uh, everybody knew. and it, that I've, I've never ever seen one player answer them back just through sheer respect there. Eh? Sorry, was his team talks unbelievable? See, that's, it's funny, actually, he never said much. Eh? He never said much. No, and that's... Like sometimes I can speak for five minutes and sometimes I can speak for two. Me, yeah. Sometimes I speak for long. I love a, I love a brother. Um, but nah, inspirational me, yeah, and timing. And it's I've I've stole wee bits. He used to always give us blocks sometimes, and he was meticulous at it. Like I still remember him giving us our league medals. I've told you this before. No. So he gave he called a meeting one time and he gave us our league medals. And obviously, the league medal that you get on the last day of the season is no your actual official one. Just to be plastic one, basically. Obviously, you end up dropping it or somebody ties it around their head at night time or whatever. And normally, the ne- it's into the next again season that you get your one that's embroidered, eh, no embroidered, engraved. Mm-hmm. Um, it's got obviously your name, etc., on the back of it. And he had called a meeting and he was walking about really quiet, and all the boys were sitting on the seats, obviously, up in one of the seminar rooms. And uh, he gave us it. He gave us it, and like, the team was winning. Um, and when he handed out the medals, it was like, if he's want another one of these, he's yeah, better get a fucking finger out. Um, and I'm like, that was the best day of my life, get my medal, I was buzzing on getting it, eh? I couldn't wait to put it in the, in the house. Eh? Um, but see that meeting, didn't quote me on the team's book. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. 
Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the Internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Played, but just that leading into that weekend, we went to Tynecastle, and then we were maybe at home to Hibs, and then there was an old firm game, and we won all three of them. Brilliant, man. That was so a, that was any a, other match would be that lad. That, 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 was, that was the difference between them. By the way, done the same at pre-season. So heart rate monitor, all of a sudden call a meeting and he'd give you it pre-season. Eh? Numbers have not been good enough. I'm like, I'm beating my numbers every day. Only him and him. The rest of you is no good enough. He said, by the way, if you want to lose the sports science, lose the heart rate monitors and lose the football and lose the 4v4s, I'll just run you through the hills. Old school. Ask him. Again, like Coist it. You're like, go out, you run a wee bit harder, a wee bit mayor. Do you know what I mean? So instead of getting like 170 on your heart rate, I was getting 180. Put up a heart attack at pre-season just... And he used to sit with the wee pod, know how it when it gets to the green and the red. Yeah, yeah. If you weren't in that red zone, what? And it's just wee, guess wee, brilliant. clever wee bits. Uh, it seems like it's timing, wasn't it? Meticulous thing. Meticulous thing, yeah. This next one, Tom, I'm petrified to ask, and I don't, I can't do it. So, sorry, can you ask? He'll enjoy it. No, I'm petrified. <laughs> he to wants to know it. about the, so obviously we're talking about the good managers you've had, maybe the bad, we spoke about before, John Collins. I see, the, no, the one biggest thing I would say about the bad ones that I've had, I never enjoyed Terry Butcher. Thought hated him really, to be honest. Um, treated me no really well. Um, I never liked obviously John. Same again. Didn't he feel as though he treated me really well? Still got respect for them. Um, I would never treat anyone the way they treated me. That's that's what I believe in. Yeah. The next bit is I've I really gl- I'm really glad now as a manager had that I've had it. Mm. So even though I wouldn't do anything that Terry does, or what John does, or treat people the way they treated people. But at the same time, I'm happy that I went through it as an individual because I will now know treat people the way they treated me. So, by the way, John Collins, one of my heroes growing up, left peg, left side of my fielder, massive respect for him. Terry, brilliant career, but when it comes to togetherness and, and the way they wanted to play football, the way they coached, the way they managed players, no for me. So was that the biggest disappointment in the, the guys was the man management? Just the way they treated people, Sky. Like, yeah. like we went. I can understand John. And listen, I've been on air before, and I've, I've apologised for some of the things you say when you're young because you you speak out of turn. You're you're you've never went through that before. He was a young manager and had it in our group. He was going to lose some of us to different clubs, so he really obviously wanted to keep his best players to to try and be successful for himself. Um, but like the, the bit that first always frustrated me with John is like I felt as though he thought I was the the brains behind the operation. Um, yeah, I'd went to Rangers before 23 or 24 players met Lord Petrie to revolt against them. So I, I, I wasn't John Collins' problem. Mm. Um, and and I've, I've passed him when he was at Celtic as assistant manager when I was up at Dundee and come and speak to you and be really respectful. And the same with Terry Butcher, I've done BT where I'm like, oh, you ask you about the kids and that. And used to send me outside and run myself and mm, put me in the gym when Morris Mal passed the day military stuff. And it's like, did I feel it was justifiable? No, I didn't. Do you know what I mean? Like, have I done things wrong at clubs? Aye, of course I have. So you know, you're a manager, do you look back on your playing key and think, I maybe could have done that a wee bit better? Of course you do, mate. Yeah, listen, everybody wants to be perfect, don't they? And, and do the right things and play at the top and, 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 and everybody like them. But that's the reality is, it's just, it's, there's, there's no reality. But what, what I would say is, I lose no sleep over, over people that don't like me. See social media, like I like social media, because I'm an academy, it's built up an academy. 
and I, I like going on and reading stuff and that now and I like I, I love watching obviously some of the videos and that but I couldn't get my monkeys if somebody doesn't like me I couldn't care wish I was like that I couldn't care I'm greeting under the bed I? <laughs> <laughs> no I think you're good at it now nah I don't know honestly I couldn't care, uh, care less now this is a big one for us isn't it we, I feel since I've even come on up and going when I was sort of fading out the game characters are gone you played with yourself was he a massive character in the dressing room no, 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 what I would say, so I was the best at me is everybody know, and I mean this as a, as a mate, the, the way he captivated the group, win, lose or draw, because by the way, at Dundee, you win a couple, you lose a couple. So like, and, and, and I, we've said it before, for whatever reason, Paul Hartley loved that to start with. And, and he was a massive factor in, in how we trained. Well, I don't mean about quality or how we passed the ball, I just mean the camaraderie in the group. So for me as a captain, like I'm quiet captain side. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I, I train hard. I lead by. I want to be the best player in training every day. I want him to leave training thinking, "Pro, I'm good, Tomo." That's yeah. that was my personality. I want to be the best player in training. I didn't want to be the loudest. I didn't want to be the loudest. No. I want to be the best player. That was it. Whereas, Sai, no sure he didn't want to be the best player, but he's he's banter probably the best way to describe it. His camaraderie, and by the way, fit, fit as fuck. Mm-hmm. Used to always say, I hate pre-season, hate pre-season, <laughs> fucking at the front of you, fit as fuck. Um, used to go, oh, Tom, I'll run with you. If I run with me, I'm in group, I'm in group D. <laughs> but his camaraderie was really important, in my opinion, for a club like Dundee, because we, we, we scraped into top six, six just. Um, and in my opinion, winning a game, losing a game, because that's the type of club Dundee is. They might win two, Paul might win manager of the month. But when you lose two, having teammates like Sai is really important. Yeah. Really important, because... Uh, in my opinion, listen, we've just got beat, beat 5-1, the boys need to train well, they did train well last Thursday, obviously, after the game. But I think if you sulk and you, you mellow and, you, and you're a wee bit downbeat and everybody will say, oh, the group's great, there's loads of enthusiasm, blah, 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 blah. But then they lose five games in the bounce, then six, then seven, then eight, then the manager gets sacked. Mm. I think Dundee could have been like that if we never had him. Mm-hmm. That's how big, and that's not just go off the banter, or like, but that's not even a plane hit. Uh, but I think the next game season, and you quote me if I'm wrong, I think the, the laughs and the jokes... Paul then didn't like. Uh, definitely. Yeah. But just understand because I was the day on the pitch. No, but, 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 uh, in my opinion, it, they never changed. Do you know what I mean? So I'm not saying Paul did because Paul's a manager, he has to decide what players he wants to pick. But I, I, I did feel a wee bit of a void, not just because he's my mate, but like the group then lacked a wee bit of personality. And when you lose a few games and you've not got any personality within the group, in the warm ups, in the boxes, in the possession, how you train 3v3s, if it's, if it's Champions League day, if it's competition day. If you didn't have personality in the group, I think, I think the group struggles. Good talk, that's, that's good. Brilliant. Good talk, that's that. Well, not just because it's me, but I mean, but that's why. But like, no, even no, no, how, no, right. how he thinks about a team and... 100%. Do you, see, now you're a manager, do you look for characters like that to go into your team? Aye, aye. We, we, listen, we've got great boys here. And obviously, no, it's funny it's, to me, but they're good boys, yeah. The hardest thing, obviously, being a manager is you, like, people will say, oh, you do your due diligence and you like how they play, their fitness, how many games they've played, what kind of career they've had. Does Jimmy, Bobby, and Harry know them? Do they get good recommendations, etc., etc.? But at the level that I've started it, I can't just go and sign everybody I want and have the perfect player. Eh? So that's not me saying that I've not got the perfect players at Kelty, but like, there's always going to be personalities that you didn't like. Yeah. And there's also going to be personalities that you weren't. Mm. I did get too caught up on players that they like me or have different personalities to what I like. Because the one thing I feel as a manager is you have to inherit and you have to be a manager. And Jose Mourinho said that on the pro license, you have to manage players that you didn't particularly like. And I'm not saying I don't like anything, by the way. But I'm not going to go for a beer with all of them. Mm. They know that. Exactly. Do you know what I mean? And, and by the way, a lot of them will know what to go for a beer with me. But one thing I do is I try my best for them and I respect them all, and I'm humble to them all, and I treat them all the same. That's letter of law for me. But at the same time, there'll be some that didn't like me. I couldn't care if they didn't like me. Mm-hmm. Well, I liked it though, when obviously he asked me to come here, I said to stay with Peter Ed, next day phoned this, this player at a certain team, what do you think? <laughs> do you know what I mean? So, somebody else could have spoke to me for a couple of months, yeah. but the next day he's on the phone, what's he like? What's he like as a player? Do you know what I mean? It's just... And I just think it, I just done. think it's important, sir. Like I, I always want to be that person that people respect. Her. Yeah. And I think if you give respect back and you and you're humble, I think you've got half a chance of more people liking you than they didn't. What about and some it, of the the characters he's played with? How he did coach them, mate, guys? How we, guys O'Connor? How would you? I, guy, I still speak to guys now. Eh? Like they would, didn't he? They would, I can understand why Tony found guys and Deeks difficult. Why? In terms just, of- just because of their personality and then obviously like they they were no hearty. By the way, brilliant trainers. Mm. They did get to the. Two top, top players, and we've spoken about it before. They were first on the training pitch. I ain't mucking about Deeks doing overhead kicks and 
big guys started smoking in the top corner. <laughs> but brilliant trainers, by the way. And that's why they become top international yeah. players and had good careers. Um, off the pitch and sometimes maybe no going up for their lunch if Tony would want them to eat properly or whatever. They maybe never had the best professional attitude towards that. Yeah. But as players, their talent, um, the bit for Tony probably was is that Gaz, you couldn't go and sign Gaz or Deeks because Hibs couldn't afford Gaz or Deeks. So he actually inherited brilliant players. Yeah. And it was like, they might not have been his cup of tea um, because they probably gave him a few grey hairs. But at the same time, I'm sure if you were to ask Tony Mowbray one day like about their talent, like unquestionable. And brilliant trainers, grafters. O'Connor used to be an absolute monster. Was he talking about Monster, mate. Huh? He used to work with a guy called Dougie Fowler, Gaz. He was a monster preseason, mate. What, in terms of being the Running, fans? Well, uh, monster. Top, was he, Gaz? Maybe not the long distance stuff. And long, Tony was the first manager to change long distance stuff. Bobby Williamson was ruined after seat, etc. Brilliant, Bobby. It was just different under, but, but by the way, Bobby Williamson, brilliant. Yeah. I, I loved, loved him a bit, sir. Um, gave, gave him a massive opportunity. Ah, he was different for Tony, different manager, different coach, but um, Tony, Tony obviously wanted like, so Tony inherited people like Tam McManus mucking about. That wasn't for Tony. Yeah. Inherited people like Grant Brebner. Do you know what I mean? Maybe it wasn't quite for Tony. Brebs, same again, really good player. Do you know what I mean? Tam, I mucked about. Listen, you think Tam played for Barcelona the way he goes on. <laughs> um, but but he, Tony was, that, that was what Tony wanted. He wanted like, no quiet lads, but we were still at that stage, like 1920. Tam had broke in before us and that. But I have to say, when it comes to, to training, Deeks and Gaz, unbelievable trainers, like. Uh, and know, listen, Deeks doesn't need to track it back, eh? Yeah, yeah. He's not going to track a runner like 60 yards up back the pitch, but boy, what a Do you think they could have played nowadays? What talent? Aye, because they're just talented, man. Mm. Talent, oh, yeah. talent never, like, talent's talent, isn't it? Yeah. You know what I mean? And I'm sure, like, if you ask guys, and I know you, you've got guys on, yeah, guys, guys. Yeah. and even if you ask Deeks, would they change things? Aye, we all would change things, eh? Because you yeah. want to be better, eh? You'd want to have another chance. You didn't get another chance, unfortunately. But there's nothing worse when some people might perceive guys in Deeks, like how they look now. And like maybe what they're up to now compared to what they were when they were in their peak, and yeah. by God, when they were when they were Hibs players when I played with them, they were Top unbelievable players. players what about Cummins? We need to ask him, man. <laughs> Was he funny at all? Is he like what? How big? He only met him the first time. He's fine for him. He's been he's fine for getting him on that stage. <laughs> Out of order, man. Yes, funny, funny. What a good boy. So. Jay, I would say Jace was important. Is important. Maybe I said John McGinn's and that have proved that they went on and had a better career. They had great players like Reid Dylan McGeeks, etc. Liam Henderson's. I would say Jace, what I've just described you as, is that? was very similar to the camaraderie and the togetherness that he brought that young group when I went back to Hibs when I left on D with Alan Stubbs. I would say that when you look, because Paul's quite, not serious, but quite placid Paul. A great lad. Paul Louis, Aye, yeah, yeah, Louis, yeah, yeah. quite quite quiet. Yeah. Um, and they were Dave Gray, quite quiet. Great trainers, Darren McGregor, quite quiet. So the older generation, Liam Fontaine, and then you had then the gap, which felt quite similar to my changing room when I first broke through. And obviously, I'm, I'm the oldest player by this this time. Can I, Marvin Bartley's and all that. I'm thinking, I'm only like whatever I was, 31, 32, but I was still the oldest player. Um, and maybe because I'd had the career that I'd had, I was always looked as kind of Uncle Tom or whatever. Um, but Jace was, he was an infectious character. Like, and by the way, he's cleverer than what he makes it. Mm. He's, he's, a, he's a clever boy, but he's... He's as daft as a brush when he wants to be as well. Isn't he? And then on to another baldy banger, Andy Halliday. <laughs> Listen, Andy's my mate. Um, I, so I took Andy under my wing at Middlesbrough. Um, I still remember, I'm sure I said this on my first interview, I, I still remember going up for my lunch after my first training session, train, train well. Um, and I went into lunch, you know, it's like you need to find your stripes, don't you? Yeah. Where, where do you sit? Where do you, like, I just signed and obviously a big hit or whatever, but me being me, I still find where do I sit in the bus on first away day or whatever? Um, where do you sit at pre-match? Where do you sit for lunch? Where, so obviously, you've got your locker and change room. What people do after training? Where do you use the gym? You know what it's like? Eh? We're yeah. all going through it. And uh, I walked into lunch and got whatever I got and looking kind of where I could sit and I could just hear this loud Scottish voice. <laughs> and obviously, I found out it was Andy. Um, but listen, I, I love him to bits. So yeah, Andy shouted so over? So this, is this is how much I would say about Andy and I think, he's, listen, he's no underachieved because he's had a brilliant career and I know he played for Rangers and I love him to bits. If I was to pick a five-a-side team when I was at Middlesbrough, Andy would be my team. No way! I hate that you said that. I, so I know why. Because he was so tenacious. He was like, and I was the same because, see, whenever I wasn't in the team, I made sure that all the young lads were at it. At mm. it. So if I wasn't in the team, you trained harder. Yeah. So see, when Terry Butcher didn't put me in the team, it was the worst thing he could have done because see the stiffs, couldn't get the ball from you I used to have them fired up, mate. Yeah. Sam Stanton's and that couldn't get game in the team, man. I was like, not fired up today at their service, but like I was the same at Middlesbrough. If ever the the sometimes the the boys that maybe played on a Saturday were doing recovery on the on the Monday and the, and let's say the ten or twelve trained 
5v5, 6v6, whatever it ended up in. I wouldn't have swapped Andy for many like Was Andy a winger then? So he, he played predominantly more up front, but... Up some, front, did he? Aye, aye, as a striker, aye. Um, so he used to play for the Reses for by the way Steve Agnew a good mention from because he's his top, top boy he was yeah. he was under Steve Bruce at Newcastle and brilliant coach um, top top man but Andy fluttered in between being in the first team squad and obviously playing more regular for the reserves because eh, yeah. he, he never really played as much but see when he converted into being a left back um, when he first went you know, Dick Hopeman on who he went on loan to start with but, but Mowbray had done the, was it was, I was I also um, Tony had done, in my opinion, even though different players, a wee bit like, didn't he feel as though he was right to play there for him? A bit like Stevie Whitaker. Came on, he first inherited Whitty, he didn't yeah. think he was good enough to play in the middle of the pitch, so he, but he brought right attributes and top player and went on had a wonderful career, as good as anyone was. I, I think Tony's seen a wee bit of Andy in that. Know why? Because he was so tenacious, so aggressive, like, brilliant trainer, 100 mile per hour, lovely left peg. Mm. Um, I'm talking to him like he's messy, aren't I? Yeah, he's a great, he's a great lad. There's a few yeah. Scottish boys at Burnham at that time, aren't there? That's, that's the thing, I was actually speaking to Andy about this, it was last night, wasn't it? Uh-huh. I'm so sorry, that was some team that, but did you underachieve? Aye, ah, massively, mate. Why do you think that was? I just think Gordon signed, I love Gordon, like buzzed off him. I wish I'd had him longer. Um, top, top coach, top, top manager. I, I quite, I was right, sec- uh, I was right secure in what I believed in by the time I got to Middlesbrough. So like, his wee chirpy comments and that to make you feel smaller than a snake's belly, if you know <laughs> what I mean, didn't bother me. And he didn't really date to me. Um, but the funny time, huh? I think he was ruthless, like <laughs> ruthless, but he was brilliant. Um, he could make you feel feel like that, but he'd never ever done it to me. Um, he did actually date, date to me when I went away with Scotland, and it was the first time he'd ever done it to me. What happened? He just. He'd asked me if I'd play left back in one of the games. He played 11 v 11 in the afternoons and I was bossed. I was at Hibs. My knees were swelling. I, I had to train because I was only training maybe like lighter sessions at Hibs at that time. And, uh, so you've been pulled in at the Scotland squad? So I got pulled in. I, so right. I, played, I played for James McDonough's. Uh, um, they remember they put the team in the East of Scotland League or whatever. Yeah. So I played against Hoyt Royal Albert or something. We won 10 or 12 or something. And then Gordon phoned me on the Monday, but Scott had already texted me. Um, it was Macedonia and Belgium. They played Belgium on the Friday night, and then Macedonia, I think, on the Tuesday, or the Wednesday. So he called me in, um, and I was I was no miles off it, but in training and that I could handle my own. Anyway, in the afternoon he goes to me, I need a favour off you, and I was like, I need more. He says, uh, Will you play left back for the first thirty minutes, and then I'll put you back in with your pal in the second game. And I was like, I need more. So I've always I'm getting the ball at my feet in. I'm like left back. I'm just rolling into midfield. Eh? Stop that! I can better than that. Come on. Let me see you pass it forward with a bit of purpose and I'm like, I'm going play left back, right? Put me in the middle of the pitch and let me go and play. Um, it was, like, I felt, oh, because he never once questioned anything. Because I still remember going to him when I went over to Ireland, I said, Gaffer, I said, uh, I was used to fly back to Middlesbrough. I said, what, what do you want me to do? Um, I said, obviously I'm flying back to Edinburgh, when do you want me back doing? And he just went, didn't need to worry about the good players. He says, just come back doing in a few, time, a few days time. Just yeah, felt, felt great about yourself. Uh, so I'm like going back to pack my suitcase to go back pre-season hard, you know, it's like you just spent four days away from your family. He's gave me a few days off him. Amazing that. Bro. What about Mido? Did we either with Mido, Tom? <laughs> so see when I went to sign my deal at Miller, obviously I had a bad, well, two bad knees. And my right knee scanner come back and they weren't sure about it. It was a wee bit wear and tear, but it was 19. And uh, my left knee was fine. And uh, Gordon had said to Steve Lamb, um, was it Steve? No, Steve Gibson and... The chairman, Steve Gibson. Aye, huh? Steve Gibson, chairman, but the boy Lama was the chief executive at the time. Can't mind his name. Um, what's his name? Oh, I can't remember as well. He'd, uh, Gordon had said, listen, no bother about medical. As long as he can beat Mido in the pitch, he said, that's enough for me. <laughs> and at the time, I hadn't seen Mido. <laughs> and obviously, then I did see Mido. And I thought, I couldn't have failed. I could have went backwards and beat him then. What was he, he like? Was he a good guy? A brilliant, mate. The boys loved him, man. Great, great, great guy. He... he the actual Tony tried to get him fit, didn't he? When when Shrackle left, and he, the chairman was paying him whatever he was paying him fortunes, I think. Um, he used to, he used to, he had a white Rolls Royce, um, wow. and Gordon Shrackle used to call it the ice cream van. <laughs> 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 used to, so he used to train at different times, eh? So he used to, uh, when I first went down, and Gordon was showing me around, and that he's like, oh, there he is in his white ice cream van, and obviously Mido got out, and he, he wasn't that fit at the time. <laughs> Um, but bro, obviously an un- unbelievable player. Did he you trained just ball his ass. Just, nah, he, he just. I think he just lost his way. He come through quite a lot of wealth, and mm. obviously the rumours, as you know, he, I think he earned a lot of money. So I think the way he'd maybe been treated and things hadn't fell into place for him or whatever, he'd lost his way a wee bit. But Stratton he did. Patterson, he did. Tra- he did try and get fit. 
and he joined in training and he was he was right good like he uh, couldn't move some good teams didn't he? I mean, he couldn't move any further than this table but <laughs> if he got the ball at his feet and he shifted it uh, you could tell he was a top player yeah. but he just uh, the local boys like Tony McMahon and Bates and that that have become quite pally with they've obviously looked up to him massively because I think when he was fit and he was the main man he was meant to be brilliant with the boys I was wondering, was this the first interview you done? Uh, have you watched the documentary? Uh, you texted, didn't you? Uh, first one, uh, very first interview. First so one. see when he done that, because he's, I was saying this earlier actually, see now when you watch him new on screen, is he, was he completely different? Mate, did you not see the documentary? I actually <laughs> never asked he's you a never, question, mate. He's never changed, eh? See the first, see the first interview for me? I Just never even asked you that. a question. No, but... I was hopeless at it. Uh, no, I, I remember. Oh, um, uh-huh. uh, you're nervous, eh? Yeah, nervous. Could you well, tell that Tom why? Uh, nah, only because of, uh, it's the typical. Now you do it really naturally the way you want to do it. So mm. like you're not even looking at the questions. Like, can you've already got a question. You read the next one. Whereas when you first do it, you mm-hmm. probably put too much pressure on yourself, mm-hmm. thinking that I need to read this properly. Whereas questions are actually better, and for you, so even the way you've just interviewed me here. Is actual probably what's written on the paper is not quite how you've said it. Yeah. But if you want to do it word for word, I think we're on the same boat. I, mean, I hate scripting yeah, stuff. Yeah. Eh? And when it becomes really natural, so I would say he's, he's never changed, and that's the biggest plot of the day. But you, you were always natural at it anyway, yeah. and probably trying to overthink it. Not being natural would then have no made him do it good. If that makes Did sense. you think then though that it was going to go the way it went up and go? Well, when I knew when he was involved with people like Paul and that, and the brains behind the operation, I thought. He's, <laughs> He's got half a chance. Eh? <laughs> if he had turned up with his wee portable camera and, and saying this is going to interview for open goal, I would have thought, what the fuck's he doing? But actually, made up that he's in the toilet that day. When he's got us, they got us in a lounge at Easter Road as well. A beautiful looking, famous five star looking onto the pitch, glass windies. I'm thinking, ah, he means business here. That was brilliant. Never look back, have you? That was it, mate. That's unbelievable. I can't believe you're on this speaker. probably should have got a couple of tickets to the Hydro. Saying as he let us out of the Did you not offer him? No, I didn't. He was giving him everybody's well. Nah, he trained Thursday night still. So in fact, oh, I did tell him to talk to him. Thank you, Neil. Could have took a night off, eh? Uh, You'd rather me pay 40 quid to come and watch it, wouldn't you? No, I would never charge you, mate. <laughs> never, never. <laughs> would you know? No, no. Just last year, but he's academy, mate, because he's obviously a first team manager. And obviously, I'm involved with youth players, Tom, and I've got them now inverted, aren't I? The, or the kids playing inverted fullbacks to my massive phone and after speaking to Alex he wants to open a Glasgow he always wanted to open a Glasgow branch you could be the man to head no 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 keep away that's <laughs> my territory and I want to run that so oh you want to do your thing so Tommy you still do the youth aye I've still got the academy mate you're really, you're really big I'll, on that, I'll, I'll never change it mate I just how many years is that now Tom? five years mate five years past November there so uh, the hardest thing is where I want to get to one day I, I, so we're a two man band Slaney so we don't have it's not because we think we're the best we just my products you Come to my academy and get me. So we've no expanded to like having Jim, Bobby and Harry take the kids. And by the way, Jim, Bobby and Harry might be better coaches than me, but if they are, go to Jim, Bobby and Harry. If you come to my academy, we, we, we're really, we've no diluted the product. We're really, I've got massive belief that if you come to my academy, you get me a Jordy minimal. Because um, we're on the same page. We've done it all together. We, we didn't send people across the country to go make me 50 quid. I believe in it. I believe in trying to help the kids. And if I have one kid at my academy, I'll turn up in the pissing rain. If I have 20 kids at my academy, I'll turn up in the snow. It doesn't matter to me. Um, we, we only do 10, 12 hours a week. Um, but we are really proud of what we've achieved. Is that in groups, Tom, you coach? Uh, so we do, we do like, we, we call it private sessions, Slaney, but we do, so they've evolved really just with how busy we've got. So I used to do like a one-to-one, then I went to a one-to-two, then I went to like a two-to-four-one and hired Jordy because obviously I'm paying on my salary. Um, and now we have anywhere between probably six and eight now. So if we done like, four sessions back to back, we would have like six kids, seven or eight kids, seven okay. or eight kids, seven or eight kids, if you know what I mean. Mm. And we do that on a Friday and a Sunday. And uh, what is that with them? Mostly Tom, for kids that is technique? Uh, basically, so I, I would just try and, we try and challenge them. We have like a way of working where we like, you would think we do the same thing every week, but we never do the same thing again. Cause it's always agility based, technical based. I bet this guy's running cause I like them maybe fit, yeah. but over the ball, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, but at the same time, like they all, the kids like going to a goal. So when we do reactive stuff and we do one v ones, we do two v twos or whatever. We always go to goals, if you know what I mean. Um, but we do a lot of the best way to describe my academy side. I would say, and I, I really believe in this, is you get better at the basics if you come to my academy. And the basics for me, being a football player, is passing it, receiving it, um, as simple as that. Being able to dribble, being able to shoot, not being able to do like forty-five step overs. Mm. And that's not because I don't want to create a messy. But I just hate this when I see touch, 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 touch. Yeah, I give them a ball and they can't pass it five yards. Eh? 
And I would say the biggest stat in any football game, whether you go and watch a junior game down the pitch, and I'm not doing a disservice to juniors, or you go and watch Rangers v Celtic, they might finish 4-2, there might be five yellow cards, there might be two red cards, there might be 20 corners, but I can guarantee even if it's a worst game of football you've ever seen, there'll be more passes than any other stat in football. So why not get better at the basics? Eh? Well, I'm big on that side as well, aren't I? With mm -hmm. the basics. I always say you go into school and you, go in, you, you, you learn handwriting the first day of primary one. See the second day? You date again. You don't go on day. Bobby Jim and Harry. What's your future plans in management, Tom? I think, uh, not, see the reason why I've done the academy training and, and, and done the, the part-time at Rangers. And listen, I never got to pick that I worked with under-13s. Obviously, I'd ask Graham Park if he could put a good word in for me to get back to the academy. I actually applied for the 20s job when I was on holiday one time when it became available when Murch ended up getting it. And I think off the back of that, Graham had obviously spoke to, to Craig Mulholland, etc. So there was, a, there was an opportunity for me again. The reason why I wanted to do the academy is because when I looked at people like Tony Mowbray, who I've got massive respect for, he'd done the Ipswich Academy. Mm. And then when you started to look at other people, you look at Brendan Rodgers, etc. Do you know what I mean? Some of the aye. And then obviously then you go, your peps and that. They've done the B team, etc., etc. So I felt like when I got offered jobs, when I first retired, they didn't know nothing about me as a person. They didn't know nothing about me as a manager. And they were just hiring me because I was Kevin Thompson, the player. And I might have still got to where I got to because I believe in what you believe in. I'm not so sure this experience word getting sacked and being around the block for 10, 10 years makes you any better than somebody that's no failed. I think you know what you know and you can continue to get better at it. I'm not so sure the person that doesn't know everything that you know, if he gets a bit of experience, he's ever going to know what you know. Mm -hmm. That's what I believe in. So the, longe the longevity for me is really important, mate. Hence the reason why I've done the academy and hence the reason why I've done the path that I've done. And listen, I might fail. We might get beat at the weekend. We might get beat the next 10 games or whatever. And I might not get to where I want to get to. I believe I will. And I believe the route that I've picked was right for Kevin Thompson. Not for anyone else, just what I believe in. And, and doing the academy, and I say to Jordy all the time, like we're that humble that I believe, and I'm, I'm no better than anyone else, but we still take the community schools for free. We still help all the community. You will know that I'm obviously selling my boots to help the community. Wow. We, we do a lot of stuff for the community that takes you back to being really humble. Because I go through looking after Tids and Barjos and Cows and Joes, etc., here on a Tuesday night and then me and Jordy go to the school on a Wednesday and we look after the P4s at Ox Gangs, the girls' P4s and we take them for an hour session. Mm. That's brilliant. Mm. And if you can't tell me that that's no, in my opinion, about trying to give something back. It's not about the money. It's not about setting them at an academy or what everybody thinks that you're a rich football player and that's all you want to do. I, my passion is trying to help the kids. So even though I'm a manager and I want to get to where I want to get to, the next bit is I'll never ever gravitate away from the development bit because it's really important for me. We need to give you a shout out to Jordy, system manager. Jordy's top man, mate, as, yeah. as you know. Listen, played I against him when we were kids. Played against him, and obviously I was, I was at Hibs Way, I'm obviously yeah. um, married to my sister, so yeah. we're like a family investment as well, really. Um, maybe if he wasn't in my sister's, I'd never kick him He'd in. He'd be in the bin <laughs> I'm only kidding. He's, uh, listen, he's top man. He's, I think the good thing about me and Jordy is he's got an edge. So I get frustrated at times with the standard of training or if it drops a wee bit or... Um, if it's a bit sloppy or, or just things in games as you do as a manager but he's always there to like challenge me but have my back mm. I think that's important um, I just said that to to to, um, to Dean and Barra that, that trust's really important when you get a job and I, I trust Jordy with my life he's, he runs my academy single-handedly now even though I'm always there and he'll run training the night and it allows me to do like the bits that's important for me. Like we're in January transfer window, so trying to sign players, we've obviously signed a new player, so it means that I can have a chat with them, which I think is obviously important, normal, you'd expect anyone to do that. But we've also got players that might want to move on as well. So I think if you want to do everything and you feel as though the person that's potentially underneath your class is just, I always talk to me and Jordy about us, mm. not about me being the manager and him being the coach, it's just about us, where we can get them. Obviously got Big Ryan as well, but listen, for the committee, Right through to Dean and Barra, everybody involved in the club. I, I'm no naive to think that they're giving me the best chance to succeed. I'd like to think they've they've got the right man in, in, the, in the position. What a masterclass. After listening to you for an hour, you have made an arse yet, no glenium, aren't you? You're making an arse. You're getting a boost. Can we join in? You can join in, mate. I'll get you a clinic. Let's go. Cheers, Tom. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. 
Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.